Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This is going to be for 1 Samuel chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. Hebrew for horn used figuratively means power or capacity. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proud, or exceeding proudly, let not arrogancy come out of the, out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty man are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive, he bringeth down to the grave, and he bring, and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich, he bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, so to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. And he will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall he shall be silent in darkness, and for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, out of heaven shall he, shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. In the Septuagint Greek version, the noun is Christus, for anointed. When she went to the temple at Shiloh to deliver her son to the Lord by entrusting him to the ministry of the temple under the priest Eli, she prayed a prayer in the form of a song or poem of joyous thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. This poem seems to be the model for the Magnificat, Mary's song of, of thanksgiving, which she uttered after the conception of the Savior. And that's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest, and the youth served the Lord in the, present, uh, in the presence of Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial, meaning they were wicked. They knew not the Lord, and the priest's custom with the people was that when the, any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething or boiling with a flesh hook and of three teeth in his hand. Of these offerings, the portion which legally fell to the priest as his share was the heave leg and wave breast, and this was to be to receive after the fat portions of the sacrifice had been burned upon the altar. To take the flesh of the sacrificial animal and roast it before this offering had been made was a crime which was equivalent to a robbery of God. Moreover, the priest could not claim any of the flesh which the offerer of the sacrifice boiled for the sacrificial meal after burning the fat portions upon the altar and giving up the portions which belonged to them, to say nothing of their taking it forcibly out of the pots while it was being boiled. Such conduct as this on the part of the young men, the priest's servants, was a great sin in the sight of the Lord, as they thereby brought the sacrifice of the Lord into contempt. 
The poor example of the priests caused others in Israel to abhor the offering of the Lord. But these actions were not all, for the sons of Eli seduced women and engaged in adulterous acts at the very door of the tabernacle, evidently by misusing their office of priest to entice the women. Under the law of Moses, willful disobedience to parents was punishable by death, and the parents were ob 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 obliged to see that the punishment was carried out. Hophni and Phinehas compounded their already serious sins by disobeying their father, and Eli failed in his parental responsibility, as well as in his office as the presiding priest. Although he rebuked his sons, he took no action to see that the abomination in his family and at the tabernacle was corrected. Therefore, a man of God came to Eli and pronounced the Lord's curse upon Eli's house, because... Thou honorest thy sons above me. That is, Eli's relationship with his sons was of more value to him than his relationship with God. And that was uh, taken out of the Institute Manual. Verse 14, And he struck it into the pan, or kettle, or cauldron, or pot, all that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took it for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden or cooked or boiled flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, or first of all, and then take as much as, thou, as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it, to, give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a, with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan, or the petition which she asked, which is, to, which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that, that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear your, of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is, not, it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. They were solemnly announced to Eli by a prophet, since by his culpable weakness he shared the guilt of his sons. As so often is his dealings with his own people, the Lord condescended to reason not only to exhibit the rightness of his ways, but to lay down principles for all time for the guidance of his church. Had he not dealt in special grace with the house of Aaron, he had honored it with the, at the first by special re revelation. He had singled it out for the privilege of ministering unto him at the altar, for the still higher function of presenting to, in the incense the prayers of his people, and for that highest office of, of wearing of the ephod or the aphod in the solemn meditorial services of the Day of Atonement. Moreover, he had made ample provision for all their wants. All this had been granted in perpetuity to the house of Aaron. It had been specially confirmed to Phineas on account of his zeal for the honor of God. But even the latter circumstance, as well as the nature of the case, indicated that the whole rested on a moral relationship, as indeed the general principle holds true. Them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. In accordance with this, Eli and his house...
would become subjects of special judgment. None of his descendants, so long as they held office, should attain old age. In punishment of their own insolence of office, they would experience constant humiliation. Another and more faithful line of priests should fill the highest office, and the deposed family would have to seek at their hands the humblest places for the sake of the barest necessities of life. Thus, justice would overtake a family which, in their pride of office, had dared to treat the priesthood as if it were absolutely their own and to degrade it for selfish purposes. As for the chief offenders, Hophni and Phineas, swift destruction would overtake them in one day, and their death would be the sign of the commencement of those judgments which were to culminate in the time of Solomon. Verse 26, and that was by Josephus and Edersheim. Verse 26, And the child grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. This sounds like Jesus' description, doesn't it, as he grew up? And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, kick ye, or treat with scorn, at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of, of Israel my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, But be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm. Arm is another word for power, and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an, an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, shall be to consume thine eyes, and to grieve thine heart, and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee, that shall come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they shall die both of them. And I will raise me up of a faithful priest, that shall do according to that which is in mine heart, and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house. His progeny shall be perpetuated, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices, that I may eat a piece of bread. And so that's the end of the chapter, and so we can see uh, that those that... Uh, defiled the priesthood are going to be punished and we'll see what happens to them next time remember the phrase uh, many are called but few are chosen and how do they get chosen remember we have to choose um, and so uh, i would study dnc 20, 121 uh, talking about those that are called and chosen anyway that's the end of the chapter and we'll see you next time bye